Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey guys, it's Dave DeFord. Join me and Sam Vecini, our NBA Draft Insider over at The Athletic, Thursday night for a very special live simulcast of the 2021 NBA Draft. Sam and I are going to be there. We're going to bring all our friends we're going to give you the analysis and the inside info that you're just not going to get anywhere else. Again, Thursday night, live during the draft over at the Athletic YouTube channel. Welcome to the Athletic NBA show. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. This is a special edition of the Athletic NBA show. No tampering this week, so we're going to go through... And do a mock draft. Uh, we're going to try to get through as much of the first round as we can. I'm joined by Anthony Slater and James Edwards. And so the, the kind of tone of this mock draft is, it's not necessarily what we think a team will do, but it's what we think a team should do. And so we're going to snake draft this thing. We've got guys covering the Pistons, the Warriors, and I cover the Thunder. So we will have those respective teams if the order gets a little wonky. That's why. But I thought this would be fun. And I just to start, I think this is a really good draft. I think I can get all the way to 20 and feel really good about a player. Slater, I don't know, I don't know what your feelings are on the draft just in general. My feelings on this podcast are I already can't wait for six. I feel like Andrew's, <laughs> Andrew's about to toss out a Thunder wild card, I feel like. But, I mean, I agree. And, you know, it's covering the Warriors really kind of paints the picture for me over the last month where – you know, it's it's kind of a weird tier draft where the Warriors at seven, you're sitting there and you're like, you know, maybe Kuminga falls and we'll get to that. And you don't know right. what options. But you, then you look at the 14th pick, you're like, at 14, there's a lot of potential value there. And you're like, you know, these mm-hmm. three guys might not be there, but these three guys are fine there. I mean, I, I think there's yep. seven guys potentially available to the Warriors at 14 that they would feel good about in that range. And that speaks to, I do think, the depth of like the mid to late lottery even if it kind of falls off a talent cliff up around like four five six no, i agree i have a slater how weird has it been having to dive into the draft the last two years just like warriors have had pretty high picks and it's like the exact it's opposite of what's been going on well it was like so needed during the pandemic because there was literally nine months because the warriors didn't even play in yes, the bubble right, right? they were one of the eight teams um and james you know covering <laughs> yeah some i'm very aware it was like very helpful that they had the number two pick because there was something to really like I watched I seriously saw every James Wiseman college play which isn't too many I believe it was 59 (laughs) combined minutes but like 10 (laughs) times or something like that Um, and then you know it's it's I mean even this draft it's been fun the last month I mean Warriors didn't make the playoffs for them to have two picks and and the crazy part is you know we don't need to get too deep into this because Fred Katz is not on the podcast but there's a chance Bradley Beal shakes his way out of Washington this week and they never use any of the picks that we've discussed so right right no I I agree with you guys this is a deep draft I think a lot of people are going to be trying to move in to the late first uh if they can I think there's going to be a lot of movement Mm -hmm. on Thursday Mm mm-hmm so let's start with you, James. You're going to get the number one pick for the Detroit Pistons. It's 
got to be Kate Cunningham. Got to be Jalen Green, right? Right, Jalen's got to be. Listen, <laughs> I really like Cade. Can score, can shoot, great IQ, could be a solid defender. Athleticism is a question mark, of course. Everybody knows that by now. We've di- we've dove into this draft enough. I just, as this has gone on, I just wonder if the gap between him, Green, and Mobley is closer than people have been led on to believe for quite some time. Like, I think you're starting to hear the rumblings now. Like, I think it's picked up as teams are talking about trading the pick, moving up, and now they're like, oh, I think it's closer than than it assumed, than we, than we everybody assumes. And I get that. It comes down to if Troy Weaver sees another guy as better, obviously, or the gap isn't is so minuscule that it's worth moving back a pick and grabbing an extra first, two extra first, whatever it may be. I think they stay pat and take Cade. I think that's the the safe pick. I think that's the the low risk, high reward pick. Um, but they there's a reason they've seen Jalen Green work out twice now. There's a reason. What time is it? I think Evan Mobley's uh, working out here right now in Detroit. Um, there's a reason these guys are going through it. So my gut tells me they stay at one. They get the guy that can play all over the floor. Uh, they get the guy that can effortless, seamlessly and effortlessly fit in with the young core they've built, and they just roll the dice and see what happens from here. As a proud Oklahoma State grad, I got to say, it's 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 cool to see a Cowboy uh, going number one. Um, I do yeah. see the flaws in Cade, and I think some of that, Andrew, you could probably speak to it too, living in Oklahoma. But, you know, there were some disappointing moments where you wanted a little bit more you know, star power, take over the game, Cade Cunningham moments, mm-hmm. uh, you know, during his freshman season. I do see the two-point concern. You know, what was his two-point percentage? It wasn't it was like in the great. 30s. It wasn't, yeah, he wasn't getting to the rim a ton. He was a little bit inefficient in the mid-range. I mean, the three-point shot looked super smooth. He obviously translates as as a guaranteed, like, solid NBA player. Yep. I, and, yep. I'd, and I would say that more than Cade, I think, I'd say this about the top of the draft class, which understandably is getting a lot of love. I do think it's being a little bit overhyped as like this league changing class. It's driving me nuts. I, Pistons fans think every they think Cade's LeBron. And he might be, yeah. but I think it's a little premature right now. Well, that's the thing. I, yeah. I think there's a chance none of the guys in the top five, even if they all become maybe fringe-level all-stars, definitely all become like really good core pieces of teams. Mm-hmm. I think there's a chance nobody in this top five is ever like a top eight player, a number one on a title team. I mean, there's a chance of that. Yep. And and mm-hmm. I and I think it's being viewed like there's four, like you said, like four just absolute league changers up there. Yeah. There's there's four very good players, like really solid players, better than last year's class certainly. Mm-hmm. Like you can just watch those guys and say like this class is way better. But yeah, like there's like with Cade, the burst of speed stuff is real. Like that's he doesn't have that. Yeah. And but he has everything else, yeah. you know. So I I wouldn't worry about it. I would take him. That Oklahoma State team was terrible. I'm an OK State grad as well, and it that was a really bad team and the fact that they even made the tournament and even looked decent at all was because of him this guy's hating on isaac likely he's hating on the <laughs> caleb boone unbelievable my, proud cowboy my, my uh my co-worker who covers the tigers you guys might know uh cody stavengaugh anytime uh cade would would play he was just 
texting me all the time. He's like, he needs to take over. He's like, this is your number one pick. You just could not stand yeah. watching Kate. I had those same thoughts. Yeah. But yeah. I also do understand the roster construction issue <laughs> right there as yeah. well. There's no Pat Forty. Yeah. What was the guy's name? The point guard from uh uh was Forte? Was it Pat Forte? You're talking about Phil, Phil Forte. Forte. If you, if yeah, you really Forte. want to show yeah. some some knowledge, say Keaton Page, who's actually Keaton, is an yes. assistant coach. I remember for him. Oklahoma State. I, yes. I cover Keaton Page. I know Keaton well. Okay. He was the pawn, the Pawnee Pistol. By the way, <laughs> we should probably move on to number two. With the people didn't come <laughs> to hear about Pawnee Pistol. Enough on Phil Forte. <laughs> <laughs> the rival of Rodney Clark, if people really know this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Slater, you're at two with the Rockets. Okay, um, I will go Jalen Green and happily because I think that, you know, and maybe the team I cover, the Warriors learned this a bit last year, but, um, you know, big men have kind of a ceiling uh, potentially in this league. I know Evan Mobley has all the versatility or, or projects to have all the versatility you want in, in the league, but... I just I feel safer at two drafting the perimeter scorer, the um, the guy that if he pops like, you know, you could have, you know, a franchise changer. We'll see. Whereas, you know, mo- I don't know. I Maybe it is J- James Wiseman uh, PTSD, <laughs> but I, I'll go with the score at two. I'm a Mobley guy and Houston, the fact that they've pretty much again, it could be all smoke, but it seems like they're pretty locked in on Jalen Green. I agree. I think there is definitely risk in taking the big man in the first with the first pick, second pick. But man, MVP this year, big man, runner-up, big man, Finals MVP, big man, and Mobley has potential to be an elite two-way player. I get the concerns of changing game, uh, but big men are still alive and well. I I think they go green. I agree with Slater, uh, but I think Cleveland's gonna gonna do unless Andrew moves up to number three, which could happen. But uh, I think Cleveland Trying is to. going to be happy with with Evan Mobley. Does Mobley also have some of those Cunningham vibes concerns to you? I mean, he doesn't just he didn't just like take over. I, USC. I I think so. I think so. I think there is some of that. They made a nice little NCAA run, but his team was obviously a little bit better. Um, I I th- I think so. He seems a little timid, and I don't want to say shy, but maybe not forceful. But that could just be super young. That could that could evolve. Yeah, he w- he was certainly that at the beginning of the season. You know, he had a game against Utah early on. I think it was like the second of January where he didn't take a field goal, like That's zero, right. and he had he had three points. So that was like super concerning early on, but that didn't happen toward the end of the season. You know, he had some really big games toward the end of the season. So hopefully that's better. You know, I hope that that's out completely out of his system because you can't be that in the NBA, especially being drafted this high. But I, I think that he's to me. I think that he's the highest upside swing probably in the top five. I'm with you. Is that your, is, is that I mean, is that a tease for your pick? You're talking three? Mobley. I mean, yeah, Mobley. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, Jalen Green's an upside swing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jalen Green is is potentially you know 28 points per game five years. I agree. From now. Yeah, um, you know, I don't know, like who who's a. I'm trying to like, what big would you compare? Like, what Mobley might be to? I know there's been like Bosch buzz. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I wouldn't. He's kind of he's like such a hybrid of everything. Like, there's not a a really good direct comp for him. Could he be like? I mean, he he's a much better passer and feel. I was gonna say Christian Wood, yeah. but um, the thing, you know, yeah. more feel. I think the defensive upside's higher. 
there. I was going to say, Mobley's like a real defender today. He's yeah. a really, really good shot blocker. I, yeah, I think this it's like a Bosch mixed with a Baca. I don't like that's that's just kind of what I, I. He's just so much more fluid than those guys, though. Yeah. Bosch was Bosch could move. Bosch unlocked the Miami Heat as a like you know yeah, yeah. against your Thunder. Remember when Bosch was playing center uh, and Kendrick Perkins? You don't have to remind. I'm not, trying, <laughs> I'm not trying to bring back scars, but you know he is the prototype like small ball five. Even though he didn't play in the era yeah. where they prioritized it as much, um, yeah. You know maybe Mobley is that, and um, but I mean we're I assume he's about to go three. Whoever's uh, I guess oh. Andrew, you're taking three. Yeah, I'm taking I'm taking him three, and I'm just ecstatic. I think this is what the Cavs want. Yeah, their roster is weird. Where almost whoever you take, you feel like you're doubling up somewhere. Uh, the construction of it, I just don't like at all. But to me, I just don't worry about that. I just take best player available. When you are a lottery team, uh, when you're as terrible as Cleveland has been lately, <laughs> even as Detroit has been, uh, you don't worry about overlapping your current roster no. because the idea yeah. is you're taking somebody who four years from now might be the only player. On <laughs> exactly. Roster, essentially. Right. So exactly. you don't worry yeah, about yeah, like yeah. current construction. You just take whoever you think is going to become the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think Mobley's the guy. We've talked en- enough about him, so we can we can move on to four. Can you guys hear the lawnmower in the back? No. Okay, good. No? All right, because somebody's going nuts outside. All right, who is who is <laughs> Jalen Suggs? He wants to be picked right now. Knocking on the window. Send out a tweet. Uh, am I four? Or are we doing a snake or? <laughs> yeah, I'm four. You're yeah, four. we're going snake. It's, well, yeah. speaking of speaking of the devil, Jalen Suggs, Toronto. It just seems like a seamless fit. Lowry out. Yeah. Add another guard. The Raptors have had success with multiple, I guess if you want to call it point guards, multiple ball handlers since the Dwayne Casey days. Uh, Suggs brings some of the intangibles that Lowry provided. Um, just seems like a great culture fit. Seems like just a, you lose, like I said, you lose a guy that that brings those intangibles. You had a guy who appear, appears to have it a little more athletic, maybe a lot more athletic. Um, I just think it's it's the smart pick. It's the safe pick. It's the pick that makes sense, especially for a team Kind of what uh, Anthony was just talking about. When you're picking this low, you just you don't worry about overlap. But Toronto's a, a different case where yeah. they're not as bad as the fourth pick, um, and they I think all all three of us would be surprised if they're not comfortably back in the playoffs next year. Um, and I think Jalen Suggs not only adds the a face to the future, uh, but he helps get that done. And he and, and, and positionally it just makes sense. Yeah, you wonder about Gary Trent. Maybe you don't have to start Suggs right away. It just makes sense. It, it's it seems effortless. He's a Raptors player, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you know, you think about unlike the the Clevelands and, and Detroit's. I mean, this has been a successful franchise the last decade. It won a title just a couple seasons ago, and they did it with like Fred Van Fleet, Kyle Lowry, OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, two way, you know, like physical defenders who give you stuff offensively. Like that is Jalen Suggs. Yep. I do. I can see Scotty Barnes kind of trying to bump his way into this mix, and mm-hmm. I can see why Toronto would be. Uh, enamored by him you know you throw him as another like long wing on this roster but uh Suggs Suggs to me is like the perfect like Kyle Lowry air agreed yeah and he can play on and off the ball yep. with Van perfect Lee. right for right. system the, the yes and he's got that competitive edge to him that I think Raptors fans will just latch on to immediately agreed so he's my second favorite player in the draft but behind Kate and I think he's perfect for them would you take him too Andrew is that what yeah. you're saying <laughs> You take him too. I would take it. I I am at the point where I'd probably take him over Jalen Green. 
Sam Vecini agrees. Mo- you could have taken him over Mobley at, at three. Yeah. And you, and you, that's you true. worried about fit? But I, I don't know. He can't pull I was the worried trigger. a little bit. I can't. Group. I'm thick. <laughs> Unbelievable, Andrew. <laughs> Sug should be included. I, I love, I love Mobley, though. I think Mobley's going to be great. I do, too. Uh, but yeah, Jalen Suggs makes sense there. Fellas, I want to take a pause because we're going to go to a quick break and we'll discuss so much more on the NBA draft right after this. Five, Slater, Magic. Okay. Um, is Scotty Barnes being over overvalued? I mean, I, the defensive take yes. is like, I get it. <laughs> yeah. I 100% get like what yeah. you could be defensively. I'm with you. Um, but I mean, the offense like raises alarm bells. Like the shot looks like not anywhere. Like that is a deep reconstruction. That is a building on the ground level that like, all right, we got to discuss the foundation of it. Like when will Scotty Barnes or will Scotty Barnes ever hit ever. over 30% of his threes? At, at any type of volume in the NBA. Yeah. 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 Vecini called him a no level score. <laughs> yeah. He did. I mean, that's, and it's like, that's not great. you, I get the appeal. I get very much uh, to, to steal a Slater, uh, Anthony Wise or uh, Anthony Wiseman, James Wiseman. Shit. Sorry. James Wiseman, PTSD, <laughs> Stanley Johnson, PTSD with Scotty Barnes. Um, oh, yeah. I think he's probably a little more of a more natural athlete. Stanley really couldn't get off the ground as high as people thought. Uh, but obviously solid build build the 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 positives when you talk about Barnes's offense is he's a great passer and it's like that's great Stanley could pass the ball too he was a pretty good passer but like if you can't score like that the passing as a big wing and the lockdown defense it only goes so far like you need to end up on a good team right away for that really to kind of be helpful be useful it does I don't think in Orlando necessarily. Uh, with the pieces around, unless something just transpires that we all don't see happening, I just I don't see a guy that can't score an all defense just hanging on and and being able to to carve out something substantial for himself. Draymond Green is like the defender of this generation, mm-hmm. basically. But since yeah. his offense has regressed over the last few seasons, I mean, you saw it this past year. Like he's he's pretty much as good as he was defensively. Maybe less athleticism than he had, but I mean, the impact. I mean, he's all NBA first team defender this season. But it's just like what his offensive regression meant to the Warriors' offense this season was a problem. Like defense is sagging mm-hmm. off, um, and just the way they could, you know, obviously put an extra body on Curry at times, or just, I mean, you had a free safety. There were so many record scratch moments where it's, he's out there. He doesn't want to shoot the three. Oh, should he shoot the three? Oh, he dribbles in. Like, I guess I need to shoot the floater. <laughs> like that can really muck up an NBA offense. And if, if that's Scotty Barnes first five, four or five years, potentially we're talking right now on an Orlando team that has its own like they already have a bunch of those type mm-hmm. of players. Yeah. Um, you know, that's I think it's it's not as clean a fit as maybe it's being painted as. I might if I'm them, I might go Kaminga. But um Yeah. I'm not mad at that. I'll just do that because we're doing what we would do, not what we th- reading of the tea leaves. So I'll go Kaminga mm-hmm. at, at five. I like that. I yeah. think I think we would appreciate what Barnes brings more if Toronto picked him. It goes back to like when you're playing on a winning team, the stuff you do well shows and it like, oh, he adds to winning basketball. When you're playing on a team like Orlando right now, like people are just going to be annoyed well, and you can't score. <laughs> let's, yeah, let's use that Draymond comparison, who, by the way, Scotty Barnes has been compared to by many yeah. people in this like draft expert world. Put Draymond Green on Orlando next season. 
I mean, he, first of all, he's not having a good time. <laughs> and I don't think anyone around there is having a good time. I saw it with the 15 and 50 Warriors when Clay was out, Steph got hurt. It was like yeah. a little bit of D'Angelo Russell mixed in. But like when Draymond Green's like, hey, come be the star, like the feature offensive player. It's just it doesn't work. And that's without like, you know, we don't know if Scotty Barnes ever going to reach that type of defensive level. So, yeah. Uh, Are we sure that Scotty Barnes is like a genius level, like genius level NBA player? Because I mean, that's what Draymond intel, is. Yes, no question. The intel is like Scotty Barnes could be on his way to mm-hmm. that. Like super smart yeah. player. Crazy high motor, which matters in the Draymond Green world, right? Like like when you're on and you're just like obsessed with winning, like you just mm-hmm. do stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean. Kaminga sometimes don't oversimplify. Kaminga's been considered a top five prospect for for months. You know, back to the G League bubble, he's considered maybe a top two prospect. So I'd take him at five, um, and then just give him a bunch of shots and touches next season as you lose a bunch of games and and hope two years from now he's a really good wing. Slater's setting up to get Barnes as Draymond's replacement at seven. I know what this is. <laughs> wow, I, I hadn't even thought he might be available because I have a feeling Andrew's not about to take. Him. I think he's going to take oh, my third man. favorite player in this draft. So at six, the Thunder, well, it's not where they wanted to be whenever they lost a billion games in a row. Uh, This is not what they wanted. And they sit, they wanted, I mean, top four is where you want to be. And so I I think the Thunder are going to push hard to get there. I don't know what that means. Does that mean that they're going to call Cleveland and say, we'll give you six, 16, 18, we'll give you... 2022 unprotected Clippers pick, which is looks pretty valuable today with Kawhi, you know, out yeah. next year. Like, how could that be a lottery pick? Like, maybe it could be. I don't yeah. know. So, like that kind of package, maybe you want something else. Maybe you tell Cleveland that you'll just take Kevin Love into cap space. Don't you dare say number six and that. Shea for number one. Don't do that again. <laughs> better <laughs> not. Do better not speak Shea's name yeah, on the spot, or else insane. they're going to be coming at me. <laughs> I don't think that they're offering Shea in these deals because like you guys said at the top, I think these are some of like the highest floor players at the top of the draft in a long time. Mm-hmm. But do they have the ceiling? Like I don't know. Like is Shea's ceiling just as high as all these guys? I mean, maybe. Looks like it. I don't know. Yeah. So I think they want somebody that can come in and play next to Shea. And the Thunder have been rumored to really like Barnes. I don't think they should do that. I think that, and especially just for the fan base's sake, I think that the Thunder fan base has had to root for so many guys that do the little things and they've had to make all these arguments for like Andre Robertson and even like Steven Adams. Like, you know, you don't get it. Like, Scotty Barnes is definitely the, no, you don't get it. Let me explain why he's so good player. And I think he could be really nice, but I just also, the fact that Sam Vecini's like, I don't think he'll ever shoot it at the NBA level. Like, I just don't know if you can be like a high lottery pick and just never shoot it. You have to be it's, so hey, elite at everything else. It's Three-point shooting doesn't matter that much. No, not at <laughs> right. all. <laughs> uh, with that said, I'll take James I Booknight knew it. At now six. we got drama. He. This is a, he's just a bucket getter. Buckets. I don't know. The, the, the passing stuff scares me so bad. He had more turnovers than assists this year. And you can also point to the same stuff like with Cade that like he had nobody on his team. Like that UConn team was brutal. Yeah. And he still found like ways to score and like had so many different counters uh 
you know, to get a bucket. You can worry about the three-point shooting too. Like there's there's going to be a lot of concerns with pretty much everybody from here on down. But we've just seen in the playoffs, like you just need guys to go get buckets. And if Kaminga was there, if Kaminga was there at six, would you would it still be book night? Not for me. I you take Kaminga. I would take Kaminga for this reason alone. I think that if Kaminga is going to work in the NBA, I think the Thunder are one of like the few spots that it really makes sense Mm -hmm. to send him because the Thunder only care about development. That's all they want to do. They don't care about results next season at all. So if Kaminga comes in and they lose. 35 games in a row because he is taking bad shots or, you know, not getting down an offensive stance, like all the stuff that we saw in the, the Ignite team, but they feel like they can fix it over the course of a year. Like it's the right move. My question is, and we've talked about this before, Andrew, why have Shea then? Like if you're just going to continue to kick this thing, kick the can down the road. And I agree. Like it doesn't seem like they're trying to cash in all these picks to bring in somebody. It seems like they're like actually trying to draft guys and just build it in house. You're gonna risk getting to a point where Shea's like four years in and he doesn't, he's not winning. Like this isn't, I don't know. He just like as young as he is, he doesn't fit the t- the apparent timeline. So why not go get more picks for Shea? Uh, they they want to give him the extension. I'm pretty confident about yeah. that. And money will talk. And I think he also hasn't had the chance to even lead the team for a full season, like be the guy for a full mm-hmm. season. So I don't I don't sense any unrest there at all with okay. him so far. Now, if this goes another three seasons, which it could, then it could it could very well do that. And I've also argued, and the Thunder did this with James Harden, like they traded him too early, right? Had they just extended Harden, given him what he wanted, and then still traded him the next year, like think of what the the package they could have gotten for right. him. I still think people don't know exactly what Shea is, and to me, the move is if you still if you think. The ultimate destiny with Shea is that the Thunder trade him. Go ahead and give him the extension and trade him at the draft next year. That, to me, would make more sense than doing it now because he could unlock some more things going into next season and become something. I mean, the Thunder had to watch James Harden do what he did on their own court in front of them. And just it was it was hard to watch. And I'm sure it was hard for the Thunder to watch uh, him do all of that. So to me, the move is like still extend him. Perhaps he is like the building block. And if he's not, then like you have him on a, a really nice contract that somebody else can just take. For sure. Might uh might not be bad for that fan base to actually have somebody to root for season over season as well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know they're they're college. This is the most spoiled they, fan base say, in the NBA, okay. you know. Now yeah. they've been okay, but you know, it's it's been getting dry the, the last couple of seasons and should oh, yeah. be in the next few. So it wouldn't be bad to have yeah. like a, a, a guy for kids to have his jersey right. one season and be able to wear it the next season in the arena. Right. It could be it could be but, K oh, if you want to give up Shea at number six. <laughs> hey, it, huh? You're you were just asking for it I now. Know. I'm just like, trolling. I'm you're just trolling asking now. for it. Yeah, I'm trolling. <laughs> I'll be, All right, Slater. Seven for I the love Warriors. Uh I think he's gonna be top three player in this class when the dust settles go ahead Slater sorry that's a spicy take I like that so I mean the funny thing is like this Scotty Barnes idea that we're discussing to the Warriors like it's probably irrelevant to actually discuss because he's not going to be sitting there for the Warriors I think it would if if that somehow if it's somehow how this class broke um it would be a discussion because he 
overlaps with the guy we were just comparing him to, Draymond Green, and you know mm-hmm. having those two on the court together at the same time, just like as has been discussed with a Ben Simmons, like a hypothetical Ben Simmons trade, um, yep. could be difficult. But at the same time, I mean, you might be talking about the league's best defense next season if you have Draymond Green, potentially a young Draymond Green, switchable lineups, um, you know, Wiggins out there, Clay Thompson back. I I guess because I feel like Scotty Barnes needs to come off the board, I'll take Scotty Barnes. <laughs> um, but at the same time, if we're really just Who else would you consider, Slater? So, I mean, I th- the Warriors at this point seem to be considering three guys. This idea in the last couple of weeks has come to a realization that Kaminga very likely could be there mm. at seven, which is yep. something months ago that was like far off and like there was just no chance that they would have a shot at him. He doesn't, you know, if you think about picking at 7 and 14, considering the Warriors' window, you want guys who can at least contribute somewhat, or like right away, day one, month three, month four. And that's why you've heard Davion Mitchell, Moses Moody in the discussion. I think Mitchell now has has slid enough to where there's an idea that maybe they could get him at 14. And even if he's Mm -hmm. not there, there is somebody there that could help. And I think they'll go upside swinging at 7. Um that could be Barnes in this situation, but I think Kaminga's the guy. I think if he's there, you just can't pass up, number one, that upside, and two, that trade value. First of all, you probably say, hey, Kaminga's available. Does that up everybody's offer around the league? Or later, mm-hmm. if you develop him well, you could trade him. Or you just kind of have, you know, Andrew Wiggins is under contract for two more seasons. That's kind of the Kaminga developmental timeline, you, you'd, you'd presume. So you could maybe just draft him, really give him a bunch of time in the G League, spot rotation minutes, uh, you know, in, in season one, and try to groom him to take over a spot on the roster that I think is the most needed long term wing. Yeah. Um. So I think he's in the mix. I think I really do think Moses Moody might be the in between that they 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 end up on, which is. You know, not the Kaminga upside, not the book night. Another guy I think is in the mix. He's not available right now in our draft. Um, but Moody could maybe help right away, even if even if we're talking more like a Mikel Bridges ceiling. I, I put it in the article I wrote today. Phoenix gets Mikel Bridges at 10. Michael Porter Jr. goes 14. You know, many teams are probably kicking themselves for not taking Michael Porter Jr. Phoenix is not one. Right. You know, they're like, mm-hmm. they got the guy that fit what they needed. And you're seeing how that helps on a title team. Mikel Bridges playing that role probably helps more than Michael Porter Jr. would play in that mm-hmm. role in Phoenix. So yep. I do think Moody, Moody's there. But for our sake, let's say Scotty Barnes. So he's off the board at seven. What yeah. what what <laughs> if uh, Troy Weaver called Bob Meyer and said, how about Jeremy Grant for seven and Wiseman? Is that too much? Yeah, probably fourteen. I, I, and I think I, that's an that's a that's a an interesting trade idea. I mean, they'd have to add some more salary, yeah, right? Of course. Um, but uh, I mean, the problem is that's given up that's given up the second pick ten months ago, who they are higher on than the rest of the league. I like, like that. Is just yeah. true. They're 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 higher on James Wiseman's future than most of the league seems to be, even believe that they mm-hmm. are, and. Seven and and what's still a solid draft, even if seven's not the location you want to be, for Jeremy Grant, who's got a few expensive seasons left uh, on a deal that's like, you know, is it is it positive value? Is it even value? It makes it trickier for the for the Warriors than other teams. I think it's a good deal, but for the Warriors situation, it's it might be a little pricey. My read and Woj even said this yesterday is that it's Bradley Beal in a trade. 
or is mm-hmm. using seven and fourteen and, and trying to add the Nicholas Batum's, the the Rudy Gay's in mm-hmm. in veteran free agency. Right. Makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. It's on me, Orlando. All right, James. Yep. All, All right. right, Orlando. So again. if James was actually a GM, this is where things would get weird. Like I am so high on Zaire Williams, and I I'm insane. Oh, I'm not gonna wow. do it. Wow, okay. this is, I'm this not gonna is, do it at eight. I'm not gonna do it. Okay, but I just All wanted right. you guys to know that if I was insane, <laughs> I'd be I'd I'd move back if I were Orlando. At a point, I know Orlando's in a very much developmental phase, similar to OKC. You're just trying to progress mm-hmm. and get guys going. I think it is important to have guys in house that. Are gonna be that you're confident are just gonna be NBA players and they this is their second pick now in the top eight. I like Moses Moody for them. You didn't pick Moses. Who'd you yeah. you picked uh Scotty Barnes, right? Slayer. Barnes. Yeah. Okay. yeah, Barnes. I think Moses Moody, a three and D wing, um, that I think we're all pretty confident will be at in some capacity an NBA player for some time. So mm-hmm. um as Slater just talked about. You got your Mikel Bridges, Mikel Bridges of the world, your Sadiq Bays of the world. Um, Moses Moody could be that. Uh, a little more athletic than a Sadiq Bay, probably not as good of a shooter. But I, I think it's like good for even the development of the guards you have in house, like to have a guy you can kick out to and hit threes. Like that helps your development um, for other guys. And I think he fits alongside the building blocks of Jonathan Isaac when he comes back. Um, I. I think it's okay just to even if you're swinging for upside, go get a guy that's going to be okay at minimum uh, for for quite some time. High level role players are very valuable. Exactly, somebody might come yeah. pluck them from you in two years or something. Anyway, yeah, shooting with size. He's got the crazy wingspan. He's got a mid range game. Like he was one of the best two point shooters in college basketball this year. Yep. So he's got a little bit more juice to him than some people think. I'm with you, right? Uh, and he's and and he fit in with that Montverde team. Like just like decided to take a step back to play a role on like a like maybe the best high school team. Of it, all time. It's why he, I see him as the fit to the Warriors compared to these other guys, just situationally. Yeah. Yep. You know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Nine. The Kings. <laughs> this Kings team is just such a mess. What What do they need? They kind of need everything outside of the guard position. And there's some interesting players. Like I think Franz Wagner is pretty interesting for them. Like he'll play on the wing and he's can defend and they need that badly. Uh, there's been rumors that they like Jalen Johnson, which is just a little baffling That's to me. A king. <laughs> it really is. It feels, oh, it, it feels so yeah. Kings. And I don't, I'm not going to take either of those guys. I'm going to take Josh Giddy here at Ooh, nine. I like that. Uh, one, I don't think he's a point guard at the NBA level. I think that he, he'll he play on the wing. And I just believe in him as a worker and as a culture type of guy. Also, I don't know if you guys were on his Zoom call on Friday, but one of my guys that works here in Oklahoma City, Brandon Rabar, didn't know his Zoom microphone was still oh, he on. He was the poop guy? And he... He was the poop guy. He asked, he asked, did you poop? And Josh Giddy just like paused for a second and then went right back into it. Just a total pro. And there's going to be a lot of poop in, in Sacramento over the next few years. And you know what? It didn't bother him at all. 
So I'm taking Josh Giddy. If, if the nine. Kings take Giddy, it feels like they're like chasing the ghost of Luka Doncic. Facts. <laughs> they are. They obviously are. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, they're they're linked to Wagner a lot because like the analytics department. I and I assume there's intel yeah. that behind the scenes they're, um, you know, interested in him. Also, like Wagner's mm-hmm. like done very little like workouts. Didn't like didn't go to the combine. He's mm-hmm. kind of had a mysterious pre-draft process. I wonder if the Kings have already told him like, hey, you're you're it's you at nine. Sounds like yeah, it. and that would make sense. I, I think that he would fit very nicely with what they're doing right now. But I don't know that he's the high upside that that Giddy could be. Yeah, I don't think so. I was going to pass on him for as long as we could because I don't pick Michigan men. <laughs> I want to shout to Michigan State. He might be sitting at fourteen. He's gonna he's gonna join Jordan. Throw Poole. a wrench for me. Oh, that's right. That's work. Uh, uh, so ten, the New Orleans Pelicans, who are rumored all over the place about trying to trade this pick for a later pick and get rid of Bledsoe or Stephen Adams. Uh, I think this will go to Slater. Slater, what do you what do you think the the Pelicans should do? Hmm. I see our guy Will G- Guillory's always uh, pumping the Corey Kispert oh, yeah. bandwagon here, and I yep. see that. Like you know what Zion Williamson could use a forty three percent quick trigger, like ten three point attempts per game wing yep. who yeah you know he's probably not helping too much defensively and if they're ever in a west finals he'll probably be targeted and bulldozed defensively but i think the pelicans need to worry about getting in the first round before they can start worrying about like which of their <laughs> players will be targeted yeah. in like the deep playoffs right. so yeah, that's a good uh, call you know put him on the roster give him 30 minutes like marry him to zion put him out on the wing and and tell him to take 11 threes a game and mm-hmm. if he really is going to be a 43% shooter, which he like, he looks like he will be. He truly looks like that. Yeah. That shot is going to translate. And, he, and it's, he's not just that. I mean, and it's on the move stuff, which Duncan Robinson has, has injected into Miami's offense. He can cut. I just think he's going to be a really good offensive player. I could see him making, you know, 183s a season and, and averaging mm-hmm. 14, something like that. And I think that's fine value at 10. I'll, I'll go uh, Kispert. I like that. Uh, all right, eleven to the uh, Hornets. I, James, I, let's get let's have a little fun here. Um, I think a, a few more people are higher on Alperin uh, Sangoon. Is that how you say it, Alperin Sangoon, than yeah. I am? Uh, but I definitely understand why that's the case, and I think he would be really fun in Charlotte. One, they're obviously, yeah. I mean, they're a little bit better than um, I think everybody anticipated faster early on uh since getting Lamelo, but they're still kind of building this thing up and adding young prospects and i think another floor spacer pick and pop big uh, i don't know if you could play him and pj together but if so that would be a lot of fun with uh, as well as miles and and Lamelo. i think that helps their spacing they need another kind of front court guy they got they're getting a little old behind uh pj with what is it bismack and i think zeller's now a free agent uh, they need to address the front court, mm-hmm. and I think he he brings some versatility. Young enough, fits the timeline, high upside. Um, I think low. There's definitely a low floor, but I think they can afford to to roll the dice yeah. there. So I'm going with him. Yeah, I like that. He can. Re- I mean, he's going to score the basketball. Like he's going to be productive at the NBA level. He can score at all three levels, and I like that. I think he'll be great for them. Although I I don't. I don't like Keon Johnson that much as a prospect, 
but I only like him for the Hornets just because of the Eric Collins uh, potential there with just these, just throw as many outrageous athletes yeah. as possible and just watch Eric Collins head explode. <laughs> like I would, I'd shout be all Eric for Collins. that. Yeah, big shouts to Eric Collins. Uh, 12, Spurs. Uh, let's see. I was kind of, I had Shangun penciled in for the Spurs because he just feels like a spur That's to great. me. Uh, let's see who is, who is Franz Wagner also feels like a spur, yeah, just like this solid, like smart player. I'll take Franz there. I think that he's, I think that he's going to be a really nice player. I don't know that the upside is there, but he's going to defend. He'll fit in. Pop will love him. I think he's, to me, he's a total spur. So I'll take Franz Wagner at 12. Do you want me to go here Slater? So you get 14. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody take 13. Uh, Pacers. I think some people are starting to wonder about Jalen Johnson. I'm not a Jalen Johnson guy. I, If it's up to me, I'm probably going to go with I'm Indiana. The guy that can contribute now, um, I'm going to go Davion Mitchell, Indiana, with Rick Carlisle. They're going to try to go for the playoffs, add another piece who can, can score, can defend, can contribute right away, older, older rookie. Um, I think he... I think he just makes sense for what they're trying to do. Stole yeah. him right from under Steve Kerr. <laughs> there's, there's, there goes the Warriors. I was going to do Chris Dort, but I was like, eh, let's go Davion. Chris Duarte, Duarte will yeah. not last long. Let me tell you, um, that is the f- sense I get at 14. That if Mitchell's there, they're like fist pumping, mm-hmm. like that he fell yeah. that far. And honestly, like yeah. you know, I understand the argument at seven, and that's why I don't think they're going to end up choosing him at seven that, that that's just mm-hmm. not enough upside up there but at 14 that's value um yeah and no doubt. and he, i do like i like davion mitchell i think he will mm-hmm. he he'll come in and defend three positions right away like in a pesky way is he gonna guard you know the paul georges of the world for for 30 minutes no but you can give him a shift on him and bother him and, and tell him to pick up mm-hmm. full court and deny ball and he just has that lateral quickness and i think he has more offensively than he's being given credit for his first step is is pretty elite mm-hmm. um yeah it's lightning quick yeah it's like I, i've said it in the past but you know how like tyreek hill it there's like slot receivers and they're all fast in the nfl and then there's mm-hmm. tyreek hill you're like well that's kind of a different level of speed that's what i see when you watch uh, Davion Mitchell on the college level. It's like, well, that's a different level of of burst. Um, plus, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not sure I believe in the shot. I understand the skeptics. 45% suddenly after being like low 30s. And then the, the free throw indicator only at 62%. But what if he's just really improved because he works super hard and he's a 40% three-point shooter in the <laughs> right. NBA? It's happened before. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think he... Like the Warriors would look long and hard at him if he's there, but in this situation, and in most, I would say it's most likely he's gone at some point in the eight to thirteen range. Chris yeah. Duarte, an older pick, I think he's he'll be twenty four by opening night. Um, but I mean, there's a belief. I mean, you talk about plug and play. I think it, him and and Trey Murphy, who the Warriors have had in for two workouts now, um, including yeah. one together over the past weekend. Um, I think that they're kind of deciding between those two as the, as the three and D plug and play wing. Uh, they're both mm-hmm. kind of veteran. Murphy's a little bit younger, a little bit taller. Duarte does more stuff with the ball, and the Warriors do need a bit more. Not just hey, I'm catching and shooting, and I'm helping defensively, but also I'm catching, 
on second side slash all the gravity defenses over there, I'm going to the rim a little bit. I think there's a little bit more of that with Duarte. I know there's, and this is not breaking news, there's big-time fans of Duarte in the organization. So I think particularly if they go project up at seven, Book Knight or Kaminga, I think it'll be Duarte at 14 unless Mitchell's available. Yeah. Yeah, I think that makes sense. As I mean, they need rotation players. When we saw the Warriors down the stretch, like they just need like quality rotation players. And that's what he, if he's going to make it in the league, that's what he'll be. All right, before we get to the next pick, I'm going to take one last quick break. 15 to the Wizards. This is such a strange spot now that the Wizards find themselves in because you can look for a, similar to what the Warriors want, like plug and play guys that can come in right away. Or are they going to trade Bradley Beal in the next week? If so, like you just need to go high upside. So to me... I would just swing for the fences if I'm them. And there's not a ton of swing for the fences guys left here. Uh, I'm going to take Trey Murphy. He's not a swing for the fences guy, but I think that he's a, a guy that has a chance to be like a solid, like quality NBA player. Like he's lights out shooter. He's six foot nine. I really like him as a guy that just projects as a modern NBA player that can shoot and defend. And if they do keep this team and they do keep Beal and they keep Russ, I think that there's a way that he, you know, finds his way onto the court this year for them. And then if not, then like you still have a nice piece that you know, like Trey Murphy is going to shoot it. So I'll take Trey. He's Murphy a riser. You know, if this Beal yeah. situation blows up in the next seventy-two hours. And, you know, there's there's different options for them to look. I mean, obviously, Philadelphia, Ben Simmons package. I think, you know, Miami will probably try to get in the mix. Atlanta has been rumored. Um, but if mm-hmm. if they did decide to go the Warriors route, you could see a situation where they could have potentially Wiseman in there. Whoever, you know, pick your prospect at seven, pick your prospect yep. at 14, and pick your prospect at 15. And, that you know, they have Bradley Beal, who we'd all consider probably at this point like a top 18 NBA player or something like mm-hmm. that. But it's just mm-hmm. it's such a dull situation there. It's clearly going nowhere. If I'm them, yep. trade request or not, it might just be the time to blow it. I up. think it was a year, yeah. two years ago. They yeah. should have been done it. Uh, you're, you're right. It might have expired past time to blow it up. But you might be sitting there with a golden situation right now to to – you know, really jumpstart a rebuild with a core that would grow together, lose for a couple seasons. And as you're losing, you're adding more, you know, young lottery talent. Maybe Chet Holmgren's part of the future yeah. suddenly. Um, yeah. I just, that seems like the obvious thing to do. But if Beal's still committed there, they seem committed to just like riding it out with him. It's foolish. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have yeah, to double up here because the Thunder are picking at 16. I th- I think the the Thunder would like to take a big if they keep all these picks. And there's some interesting players left. Isaiah Jackson. Isaiah Jackson said something that scared me the other day. He said, I'm a stretch four. Like, <laughs> no, you're, no, you're not, not, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. I don't see that at all. You're, you're a five. Like, just say stretch five. Like, all you had to do is say stretch five, and then everybody's excited. Andrew Select has already become Isaiah Jackson's first Oklahoma City hater. He's not even <laughs> there yet. <laughs> And he already has a hater in the local media. <laughs> no, I think he's interesting. I think he's an interesting player. But the fact that he thinks he's like more of a four or like a three, four than he is like a five. It's like, dude, you're a five. You're a five in the so NBA. You got to play this uh, audio to, to Isaiah Jackson. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think Kai Jones out of Texas is really interesting, mm-hmm. too. 
with that said, I'm going to take Usman Garuba out of Real Madrid. Uh, this is one of the toughest guys in the draft. He's going to be one of the best defenders in the draft. Uh, he's not as big as those other two guys that I mentioned, but he can switch. He's not a. He's definitely not a modern offensive player because he doesn't have a lot to to give on the offensive end. But he's certainly a modern defensive player where he can play pretty much whatever pick and roll coverage you want him to. And he's really young, and I, I think that he's a guy that can develop in OKC, and they can give him the time. Like they can give him as much time as he wants next year. Another player for Thunder fans to explain to all of us what he, how good he really is, and why we. Don't <laughs> I know why we don't see. He it. is definitely that. You guys don't understand the pick and roll coverages. He plays he the cat play and mouse game wants. better than everyone, but maybe five oh. players in the league. Dude, the if he gets drafted to OKC, cat and mouse will be like the most said phrase on on <laughs> podcasts in Oklahoma City for like the next like two oh weeks. Oh gosh, that's funny. It'll be unbelievable. <laughs> I get oh yeah, Memphis uh, or New York. We're at New York, right? Uh, Memphis. Yeah, we're at Memphis. They pick at eighteen. Okay, sorry. Um Yeah. They have six. They have six. So in the you draft. look at Memphis. Yeah. You think you look at the backcourt, obviously. Uh, ja anchoring that. Uh, last year's draft, Desmond Bain showed some great stuff. Grayson Allen's been a fine rotational player. Uh, front court, you worry about Jaron Jackson's health, but he is, by all accounts, great big, potential to be all star. Got to stop fouling. Shout out to Michigan State, but you got to stop fouling. Jaron, please. Um, Xavier Tillman showed showed a lot of stuff rookie year. So they, they got some stuff. I, I look to the wing for Memphis. And Trey Murphy's off the board. Um, yep. He's not. You took Garuba, right? Or I took Trey Murphy That's right. So Trey Murphy's off the board. I think that would have yep. been a great pick. Um, so now where I go, I go Jalen Johnson. I've already ty- I've already typed. Oh, you take Jalen Johnson. I already t- I typed in Zaire Williams, <laughs> thinking that you were high on Zaire Williams. Who's talking about Zaire Williams at eight? I know. Now he's just I know. Like, <laughs> when do the Pistons pick again? Thirty-seven hundred. No, we'll get no. <laughs> Okay, explain to me Jalen Johnson. Explain to me. Just sell me on Jalen Johnson because I'm at the point where I just don't. I just don't know that I would draft him in the first round. And I know he's a first-round talent. I know he's got tons of talent. But like, there's like character stuff that I yeah. don't like. I don't really like his game all that much. But it, like, sell me on him. Uh, well, I'm I'm not gonna be able to. But I'm I will I will try because <laughs> I agree with you. <laughs> I just look at him. Yes, the character stuff is a concern. I think Memphis has done a great job of building culture, so maybe that's not the right pick. But with that said, um, you're at a time in the NBA when you have young guards, young players, and you got to start turning a corner and. You can't be content with flirting with the play-in, making the play-in, getting pounced in the first round. Like Memphis is going to want to start making some moves soon. They've shown enough promise. I think you look at Jalen Johnson's upside, as you just mentioned, Andrew, like great ball handler for his size. Um, I think he's a very good passer. Uh, I, I don't, I'm not worried about his shot, uh, but it's not, it's not great. I just, at 6'9", six, 6'8", uh, I, I think you see enough versatility there that it's like maybe if we can get them in our program where our culture is pretty much established, we have young guys that that get it, that are leaders that can dictate and show him how we do things like maybe that changes. And I, I think the upside is high enough that I don't think it's a Michael Porter Jr. situation where that guy easily could have went number one and fell to 15 because of health issues. But I think there's a world world when mm-hmm. we look back and the dust settles that Jalen Johnson is 
one of the better players in the draft of all breaks well for him. And I think Memphis needs to take a high swing like that, just given where they are um, in their, I guess their process. Yeah. That makes sense. They, uh, they've got, they've again. gotten enough role oh, yeah. players in like the 30s yep. to like fill out. It's yes. like time to go yes. like hunting for exactly. Star. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. They have tons of win now draft mm-hmm. picks. All right. Give us your uh, thunder pitch at 18. Which, which undervalued role player who does it? Tell all. me why J- Jacobus or uh, oh. Jacobatus. Tell me why you should go at 18. <laughs> <laughs> I've got Jared Butler here I'll out of Baylor. Him for the Knicks. He is one of my favorite players in this draft. The best he, guard. He at had Baylor. the heart concern. <laughs> I don't. I don't yeah. disagree. I do. I watched I do him. Disagree, I, knew, I figured you might. I know. I I love his game. He is kind of a do it all combo guard. Uh, he can really shoot it. He's a good passer. He's really strong. Donovan too. Mitchell light six three. So he. Yeah, he just he doesn't no, have the athleticism yes, that Donovan has. Uh. He is like ceiling, like you could. He's like a little CJ McCollum because he also he's got a floater game that's like that's really great. I don't really understand why he's this low, but I know that like this is where he's being valued. I mean, at. I think it's the medical stuff, mm-hmm. and, and and we yeah. us three can't sit here and discuss that too much because we don't have all the stuff. Right. But I mean, it exactly. took a really long time exactly. for them to medically clear him, and like that did obviously. Like has hurt his stock and should be a concern for anyone picking him, and they'll have more answers yes. than we do. <laughs> yes, and if a team feels comfortable taking him, like I would take him in the teens if you're if you feel okay about his medicals, because I think that this, to me, he's just a total yeah. pro, and he's going to score and he's going to defend. Uh, I think that he can come off the bench for somebody right away. I think that he could project as a starter down the road. Uh, and he's he's a junior, but he's still pretty young. Like he's not like twenty three. I think he's still twenty years old, about to turn twenty one. So uh, he's still got upside there. So I'll I'll take Jared Butler at eighteen. All right, I'm gonna take the Knicks pick in nineteen because I got a jet um, after. So this will be the last you hear of me, and you guys can go as long as you want in this first round back and forth. <laughs> um, the Knicks. So the Knicks have nineteen and twenty one, I believe it is, um, and yep. they. You know, they've been linked to Duarte. They've been so linked to Duarte that we have Mark Berman, uh, my, my guy from the post on a Warriors pre-draft call when Duarte was made available by the Warriors. And he was like pinging him with New York questions, talking about, you know, uh, Duarte's Dominican background and, and how that could maybe play yep. in New York where they have a heavy Dominican population. And... um that's a Tom Thibodeau player beyond, you know, the, the, you know, the heritage roots. Like that's a guy that I, you know, and the Knicks clearly, maybe we would disagree. They should be, but they're clearly kind of in win now mode, right? It's like Thibodeau. They want to like, you know, ba- use that momentum in the garden last season. So I could see them really trying to maybe use 19 and 21 and jump up and get a Duarte or a Murphy who I think has become another three and D like win now piece. Um, but if they mm-hmm. are sitting there at 19, I could see them doing something like Cam Thomas. Um, you know, sure. they lack scoring. You saw it in the Hawks series. Like they just lacked guys. I mean, it's why Alec Burks played such like an outsized role for them. Is because it's like, <laughs> exactly. yeah, Alex Burks can kind of get his own a little bit. And it was like, well, you yeah. know, okay, Alec Burks, like take 19 shots per game because they kind of need scoring. Um, and I think Cam Thomas could be a young version of that. He's going to come in. He's going to have his flaws. He's probably going to make Thibodeau grumble defensively over there five times a game. But, uh, you know, he could be out there in the second unit with Emmanuel quickly and, and suddenly they could have a little bit more offensive juice. Uh, but at the same time, they are a team, I, again, like I said, I could definitely see moving up. And with that, 
I will see you guys Great later. seeing you, Slater. Thanks, Slater. All right, 20. Let's let's just kind of rapid fire yes, the rest I of this first for, round. I uh, time. am about to tweet something out. I apologize for being quiet for the last two minutes. I just, That's okay. Uh, <laughs> That's okay. Uh, just make sure it's right. something happening. Uh, just the Pistons extended qualifying offers to Frank and Hamadou. Uh, oh, nice. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, I'll, I'll take okay. 20. I'm all then now. with I'm the Hawks. Focused. Okay. So the Hawks are in an interesting position. And this is where I think you can swing with Zaire Williams. And I think he really fits what the Hawks do. Zaire Williams is one of the more like theoretical players mm-hmm. in the draft. You have to really believe in what he did in high school. You have to really believe in like the type of player that he projects to be, like a three and D wing. He is huge. He's like, he's like almost six ten. Uh, he's still really skinny, but I don't really worry about guys as young as him being skinny. Like he's, I don't think no. he's twenty yet. Like when like guys like that are going to be skinny, and then once they get to like 25, 26, they're going to get stronger. So I just don't worry about I'm that with, with him. I, I do worry about, I worry about everything that happened at Stanford. Yes. <laughs> everything that happened at Stanford is like just the most giant red waving flag. Just like, do not no, take him. Seemed weird. But I, <laughs> I would take him there just because the, Haw- the Hawks need more like really solid starting level players on their team at, that are younger because yes, you have like Gallinari and guys like that coming off the bench that are like solid starters, but like Gallinari is not going to be long for the Hawks. Uh, and so to me, you need more young building blocks to go alongside Trey young. This is a, a nice upside swing with a guy that fits really well. Love that pick. I mean, as I mentioned, uh, there was consideration for him to go in the top eight if James is the GM. So I'm all for that yeah. pick. I, I just think you watch him like six nine playmaker. Like there's real world where he's initiating offensive all breaks well for him. It just some of the film was was very sure. exciting. I think he's an underrated passer too. Um, so we're at the Knicks yep. at 21. I ap- I yep. apologize. Can you remind me who Slater picked for the Knicks at 19? Was that Cam Thomas? He took okay. Cam Thomas. Um, yep. So yeah, if I'm the Knicks. I, I don't know. They're in a weird spot because it seems like they're going to go all in and bring back Randall, um, mm-hmm. add a Chris Paul, a Russell Westbrook, something. You have Emmanuel quickly. Like I, initially, like I think Jaden Springer here. Um, yeah. You know what I'm going to do? Kai Jones didn't go, or did you take Kai with the OKC pick? I'm sure. Nope. Kai's I'm going to go Kai Jones here. Um, the Mitchell Robinson saga in new york has been a little weird like there's been injuries he's played he's played well you wonder what the upside is they're gonna have to pay him soon i believe i think that's coming is he maybe uh is his rookie deal is he coming up on a restricted free agency this summer he's yeah next summer yeah not this summer i think so you're gonna have to make some decisions there i like mitchell robinson a lot but maybe you can move him for something and then you have kai jones waiting a guy um not as rangy more athletic i would say mm-hmm. even though mitchell's hell of a lot athletic I, I i like kai jones just high upside um it gives you flexibility to do something with mitchell if you want and and have some uh, another development guy in there even if you want to keep uh mitchell for some years yeah no i think that makes sense i think kai kai's high yep. upside yep. too and to me I, I think late in the draft 
uh, unless you have a specific need that you feel like you can't address in free agency, then you might as well take a high upside guy. Agreed. Uh, so that's Kai at 21. 22 to the Lakers. Uh, the Lakers need role players. They need guys that can that are ready to play now. Like I think a Jared Butler would yeah. be great for them. Same today. with Cam Thomas. Uh, I don't. Yeah, yeah. Cam Thomas could step in and just get buckets off the bench. Uh, both those guys are gone. I I'm tempted to take the youngest player in the draft Ooh. here uh, because I think that he will play at the NBA level. I think he'll struggle the first couple years there, but we'll be able to step in later. And I'm just going to take him because I think he's a really nice player, and this is about the range I would really consider him. Uh, Josh Primo out of Alabama. Uh, Just a lights-out shooter, really young, really thin. Uh, But to me, if you're counting on a rookie in the 20s to step in and help you right away, then you've got yeah. problems. <laughs> and also, like the Lakers will be able to get free agents to come on yep. minimum deals that'll play a role with LeBron and Anthony Davis. So to me, I would rather have higher upside guys at the end of the bench. And if Primo like starts to pop, not only could he come play for you, but he's a trade yes. asset then. You know, you have this young guy that the Lakers always need trade assets. Like they're so lucky to have uh, Taylor Horton Tucker mm-hmm. right now because that's a guy that they could trade to go get somebody that can help them today, or they can just keep him, re-sign him, and develop him a little bit more. But to me, I think Primo is a guy that one profiles as a player that could fit next to LeBron and Anthony Davis, but also a, a future trade chip that's just not going to be, you know, wasted and gone. Because sometimes you take these older guys, and they just end up not being yeah. good, yep. and then they're they're yep. just gone. You know, nobody wants them. So I'm I'm taking higher upside like that. there with Primo. Um, I'm gonna go the opposite and try to make it make sense with Houston, even though I agree with your okay. your logic. And then I think Houston. So they're in a weird spot where they're clearly rebuilding, but they certainly have pieces to go for the like. I think they're probably like John Wall, Christian Wood. They're gonna go for the playoffs. Uh, like. I don't think that they're 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 gonna probably be bad, but I don't think they'll be upset yeah. if they make the playoffs. So I think there are a couple questions in Houston in terms of um, I don't want to say character, but if things go south, things could get weird in Houston. Just some of the yeah, like I mean, they they got, did last yeah, year exactly. Yeah, things went things went yeah. very bad it, for them. Last there are some year. interesting yeah. some interesting fellas over there. So. I would want to bring in a guy who's could potentially just be stable, contribute right away, and by all accounts is just an, a good dude. Is Io Dusunmu? I can never say his last name. Dusunmu yeah. from Illinois, who I saw a little bit of in the Big mm-hmm. Ten. I mean, you can make the case he was the best college basketball player last year. Um, I mean, he's mm-hmm. pro ready, and uh, he could shoot. Yeah, strong, defensive. Uh, and I, I talked to some people, and I think Sam's talked about it too, like just high character. And I think Houston needs to add some guys yep. like that. And so he kind of checks both boxes where long-term could be a solid role player, could be also a solid role player right away, um, and then just adds a good dude who's not going to maybe get cut up in some of the extracurriculars that others on that team uh, may get into and just to have some stability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Uh, I'll take another high – I'll take a high upside swing – 
also one of the younger players in the draft for the Rockets. Uh, I'll take Jaden like Springer out of Tennessee here. He's a guy that struggled with injuries early on in the season with Tennessee and disappointed to a degree, but there's been rumblings in his draft workouts that he looks explosive again. And so he's a really explosive guard that can come in and you know develop and play some minutes for them and could end up being one of the better guys in this draft. There's the analytics community loves yes. this guy to the degree that some people like him as a top 10 prospect. I think he definitely and, goes higher if, uh, if not for the injury, like without question. Yeah. 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 I think so too. He is not my favorite prospect, but I think this is really good value for him at 24. And if you're the Rockets, I considered Isaiah Jackson here because he's another kind of high upside swing at the big position. Uh, but to me, it's all about guards. Like, let's let's get somebody that can handle the ball, that can go get you a bucket, that has athletic potential, and you can fill in the Isaiah Jackson roles yep. later. Like, let's let's find your go-to guys. So I'll take him at 24. 25, the Clippers. Um, I don't know how to pick for them because, as you mentioned earlier when we were talking about uh, the Thunder trading, that Clippers pick could be interesting if Kawhi's not back. Mm-hmm. In a at all next year, in a in a at a good point in the season where it's they can make up some of the ground, um, they clearly showed that they're a solid team without, or at least in that moment they were in that moment in the playoffs and were able to ride that momentum. Maybe it's different after the craziness of last year. You get into the regular season, maybe you're just exhausted and it doesn't go that well in, the, in a loaded West. So I, I wonder if. Maybe you start needing to keep an eye on the future, and especially for the Clippers giving up so much stuff to get Paul George, that's probably the best case to go. And in that case, I'm going Rokas Jokobetis, uh guard, okay. draft and stash guy, um, combo guard. Can I, I think he's a really good scorer. Um, I'm sorry, a really good passer. Not the most athletic, uh, but I think he just is like I'm trying to. I've always tried to think of a player comp for him. Um, mm-hmm. and I don't like Ricky. It's not Ricky Rubio, but it's like you just picture the European point guard that you've always been promised. Whenever your team's like, there's a guy in that draft. It's like can can is a professional can <laughs> do things in the pick and roll. Yeah. Nice, maybe no looks here and there. Can knock down the three. Is feisty. Like that's what he is. And he's twenty. You can draft and stash him. Um, I think there's some upside there. I don't. I think he could be a a solid role player. I think there's like comparisons to maybe like Bano Udra, uh, who was a longtime NBA player mm-hmm. and that's fine. Yeah. And I think at this point, I don't think we're missing on too many high upside guys, maybe a Sharif Cooper, but I, I like, I like Juka Betis from uh, some of the, the clips I watched uh, last week. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't hate that at all. I think that that makes some sense. Uh Okay. So the Denver Nuggets, who had such an in- just a really rough end of the season with all the injuries, uh, they they can always use scoring. They could probably always use a wing. I don't love a lot of the wings that are left in this draft. And honestly, this is kind of a spot of the draft I don't love in particular. Like you could swing for the fences with like a Josh Christopher or a Brandon yep. Boston. Uh, I don't love either one of those. Uh, I think I'm going to take Bones Highland out of VCU. He's not a real, he's not a big guy. He's more of a combo guard for them, but they've had a lot of success 
um, at the guard position, developing guys. I think guys. Be a stud. Um, real, yep. just a score. Just like he's going to go Can get buckets. On the ball, off the ball. There's a few of those guys in this draft. Yeah, I'm a big Bones Highland guy, so I'll I'll take him uh, for the Nuggets, and I just trust their development to to get him where he needs to be. Uh, that is on a both great ends. pick, Brooklyn. They're going to be able to bring in vets on low deals to help their championship pursuit. I don't think they need to necessarily worry about getting uh, using their draft pick to bring somebody in that can contribute. They need to have an eye on the future. Um, I mean, maybe you could argue maybe they do need to fill out the end of the bench and you look at a guy like Herbert Jones, um, 22. But I, Isaiah, yeah, Jackson's Isaiah Jackson still is still available. available. Uh, I'm going to go JT Thor. Maybe a little okay. high. Sell me on JT Thor. Maybe a yeah. little high. Um, he's just a unique guy, like massive, 6'10", long as all hell. Um, I just, I just, you just look at his body build, and you're like, when we always kind of think of guys like I hate using the word uh, unicorns at this point in 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 basketball mm-hmm. uh, media history, but when we kind of picture guys who have been labeled that long gangly um just like versatile there's if if all breaks well it's like what can't they do and i think jt is just a guy if it all breaks well it's like you're looking at like a freak of nature um i think a lot has to go like for that to happen a lot of things have to line up but you're 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 just taking a gamble it's not even a gamble it's a low risk high reward if you're brooklyn and i think jt's if if all goes well you're looking at one hell of a player yeah, yep. he's quick twitch. If he can hit a three, then he's that's a great pick because he's he's a kind of more of a three four than he is yeah. like a big in this league because he's Weird just not tweener. that strong. Like the, the tweener position or kind of label has died down as of late because just because it's basketball players, but he is a little bit yeah. kind of old school tweener. I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He definitely is. Uh, Twenty eight. This is the Sixers. The Sixers need creation. Uh, this is where I'll take Trey Mann pick. out of Florida. Uh, six four, like he's got. He's has good size. He's a bucket getter. Uh, I think that they just need need guys that can score the basketball, and they can afford to let him develop. Again, if he hits, similar to the Lakers, like they need trade assets. And I think that he's a guy that can hold value in this league because he can shoot it uh, and he can create. And I think that he can kind of profiles as a guy that if he can hold up on the defensive end, because he's real skinny mm-hmm. too, if he can hold up defensively at all within the first like three years of his career, like he's yep. going to stick, you know, at least as a bench score. So Good I'll take pick. I, 29 with Phoenix. I think people are probably yelling at in their car or walking down the street like, why Isaiah Jackson? Somebody pick Isaiah Jackson. And on paper, <laughs> like it makes sense for Phoenix to go big here. Um, you you look yeah. at – it's funny. Going into the playoffs, we were all like, man, their they're front court. Can, they, can their front court hold? And then it's like DeAndre played so well to start. It's like we forgot mm-hmm. about the front court problems until they got to the finals. And it's like, oh, yeah, they have major front court problems behind DeAndre. Um, I personally think – they're going to go address that other another way. Like they need a big guy that can contribute now. Like I wouldn't be surprised if Troy Weaver yes. maybe tries to dangle Mason Plumley here at 29 um, mm-hmm. and, and move up. Yeah. But so I'm not going to go Isaiah Jackson. You wonder about campaign. 
who made a lot of money, the campaign campaign. Um, everybody's uh, investing money in that campaign. Um, I think Sharif Cooper is a good one. 20, small, undersized guard. Uh, but I mean, he put up 20 at Auburn. Um, I mean, the dude could put the ball on the floor. Uh, he's very small, but he's change of pace, change of direction. Uh, I think he's certainly, while he's definitely a project and he's undersized, I do like, I think he can play. Like, I think he'll be able to come in and like give some minutes early on and then yeah, he's a hooper. He's a hooper. Yeah, he's not a basketball player. He's a hooper. And uh, I think you'll be able to work him into a position where he's comfortable once the playoffs come. But I think they're going to need to address that yeah. backup point guard role. Even if they bring campaign back, it'd be just good to have a young guy in the in the, in the the farm system at that position. Yeah. It's good value for him there because he really – he has the, the two skills, the, the ball handling yep. and the passing, are elite. Like He may be the best ball handler and passer in the draft. But the fact, like the, the shot and the defense are like so concerning <laughs> that this is why yeah. he is where he is. Like he will be in the 20s. I, I believe that. Unless someone falls in love with him and thinks, okay, we believe in the shot, then, then maybe you could see somebody take him in the teens. But to me, he's more of like a swing in the 20s and you try to figure Great. it out. Uh, I think the value is just too good for Isaiah Jackson at 30. I just have a hard time believing that he will be selected outside of the first round. I just think that he's got too much, too much juice there. So I said, I'll take Isaiah Jackson. a big man that can't get played the off the floor in the playoffs. So I'm just throwing and shots. And he's I'm a stretch four. Fans. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I I like Isaiah Jackson. I, I kind of feel bad that he's fallen so far but i like a lot of these other like guards and wings in this range that i just have a hard time taking a big guy especially for these teams that are ready made like he's probably not going to play and there's a better chance that you can bring a guy in off the bench like a Trey Mann or Bones Highland or somebody like that that can come in and just yeah. get a shot you know off the bench where Isaiah Jackson's going to take some time like he's young he's going to foul like the dude will if he gets a chance to play for a team where he gets to play, you know, 20 minutes a game. Yeah. Dude will foul out. thousand percent. Like, probably, you know, all the time because that's just the way he plays. Uh, he's exciting and he can, like, he blocks shots. I get, there's not a lot of guys that will block shots like he does. Uh, just, he just uses this athleticism and he will just, like, punt those balls. Does Utah like, have a, he's really, a G League really team? It's a good I don't question. Think so? Um, I don't think they do. Yeah. I think they share a team. Um, but they could really the Salt That's Lake right. City yeah, Stars. Tony also uh, did the tryout with them. That's true. Yes, I forgot about that. Yeah, I I, I love yes. that pick. He, so they do. I figured when we did this, we were either gonna like there was gonna be a name that we talked about, and then nobody picked him, and we realized way later that we should have picked him. Or one guy that was gonna, there's always a guy that slides. <laughs> but try to yeah, keep an eye. There's on a guy that. that's always gonna slide. <laughs> yeah. I think Isaiah yeah. makes sense. Yeah, I I think there's a chance. Uh, to me, it's taking bigs in the draft. Like you have to really believe in them. And in this range, it doesn't matter quite as much. But uh, guys that we maybe missed on, uh, Quentin Grimes out of Houston, I think is a really interesting mm-hmm. player. Daron Sharp, who played at North Carolina. He's a big guy who has lost a bunch of weight, has shot the ball really well in workouts. So that's... To me, he was a guy that I would have also considered. Josh the Christopher end is unique to this me. draft. Like I, I like him, but I, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, Brandon Boston, man, 
Has anybody like the the plummet in his stock and and literally like a calendar? Like I remember reading like the way too early twenty twenty one NBA like Brandon Boston seventh, Brandon Boston eight. Yep. Oh, kid, man. I hope it I hope it works out for him. I know. That's why I worry. That's why I wouldn't yeah. take him until the second round, where you're just like, yeah. What? Like once you get to the second round, it's just like whatever. Like you're just right. throwing stuff at the wall. Like the Thunder, the Thunder have thirty four and thirty six. They took Brandon Boston at one of those picks. Yep. Like, it's great. Like, if he doesn't work they out, it doesn't matter. Like, exactly. It really doesn't matter. At sixteen, it's a little bit harder there. Uh, thanks so much for listening to our mock draft. Uh, this is one of my favorite weeks. Like I said at the top, like this is this is just like Christmas <laughs> to me. I love this week. I think it should be really fun. We're going to continue to produce more content on the draft. We'll have a live show that you can tune into on YouTube uh, with Sam Vicini and Dave DeFore on Thursday night during the draft. So be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, just search The Athletic, subscribe, and hit the uh, little bell that will alert you when they go live. So go check that out. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks to Anthony Slater and James Edwards for joining. And we will talk to you guys again tomorrow.